Well, hi, everybody. I'm Jason Cusick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey of Faith, and I want to say hi to everybody at our Torrance campus right now. We're connected live with you there. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week at our Journey Culture class there at 11 a.m., 9 a.m. here at Manhattan Beach. I also want to say hi to everybody that is joining us online. If, uh, if you're not one of our physical services today, you're connecting us uh, with us online. Great that we can be connected in this way. Hey, before I get started, I just want to share with you that in two weeks, we're starting a really special series of messages called Friendship Essentials. Um, the, it seems as if the research that, sh- that we're seeing is that loneliness is a huge problem in our world today. Maybe you can relate to that. And a lot of people, including many of us here, struggle with friendships. What's a quality friendship like? And some of us want more friends or we struggle with the friendships we have. So what we're going to do in this five-week series is we're going to look at what the book of Proverbs says about friendship, and we're going to see how Jesus uh, lived out some of his friendship principles in his life to see how it can impact ours. The reason I'm bringing this up is that this series is specifically designed so that you can invite the people in your life who maybe don't go to church regularly. And it's an opportunity, I'm giving you a couple of weeks, so you're not like, hey, come with me to church tomorrow, uh, a couple of weeks in advance to be able to say, hey, why don't you come, we're going to look, we're going to talk about the subject of friendship, maybe you come by, we've got great stuff for kids and students, and then, and then we can go to lunch afterwards or something like that. It's an opportunity for these five weeks, we're going to talk about friendship. So be thinking about and having some conversations with the people in your life that you're like, I've been looking for an opportunity to invite them to church. And this series is going to really, really fit well, not only so we can build relationships with each other, but so each one of us can kind of take our next step toward God. Speaking of God, uh, that name, that three letter word means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so we're in a series right now called Also Known as God, where we're looking at different names in the Bible that refer to God, uh, particularly three big ones that Jesus used when he talked about God. Last week, we talked about this one. Uh, This is a Hebrew word, Elohim. It literally means in Hebrew, God. But when it's used, it's often associated with the idea that God is the creator of all things good and beautiful. We talked about that last week, and if you missed that, you can log on to our website or our YouTube channel and kind of check that out. Today we're going to look at another Hebrew word. That we're looking at Hebrew words because uh, most of the Old Testament of the Bible was uh, in Hebrew originally, and it was Jesus' native language. And so a lot of the words for God find themselves in the, in the Hebrew language. Here's the Hebrew word we're going to be looking at today. It's the word Abba. Now, don't get too excited because we're not going to be talking about the Swedish supergroup ABBA, which some of you are like, yes, Eurovision's top song winner the first year for their song, Waterloo. I had somebody say to me after the service uh, at 9 o'clock, they were like, now I've been thinking about Waterloo all morning long. Um, This word, ABBA, I actually learned. I did a deep dive into the history of ABBA. Let's go back to that, uh, that thing real quick. This word actually is an acrostic for the initials of each of the band members. That's how they came up with that name. Fun fact that you can share with your friends or family. uh, But we're not talking about this Abba, we're talking about this Abba. And this word Abba is, in Hebrew, it's the affectionate 
way to refer to God as Father. It actually is how Hebrew children would refer to their father, Abba. And we see Jesus using this word a variety of different times, and maybe the one that stands out the most that we would probably all be familiar with would be when he instructs his followers how to pray. He says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, that's in English, and in Hebrew it would be our Abba in heaven. Now that word Father actually brings a, a lot with it. All of us have different experiences memories, feelings, uh, good and bad, associated with that term, Father. So we're all coming from different places with that. Let me just share with you a little bit about my human Abba, my human Father, and and give some context for all of our different experiences. I I lost my father early in life, uh, but while I had him, I had kind of two experiences with him. Here's one picture of my father. Um, this is him standing next to a self-portrait that he made when he was in art school. He's got a hipster mustache before it was hipster. Um, and this picture reminds me of the detail-oriented, serious, intelligent, even kind of intimidating nature of my dad. My dad uh, was in the Air Force. He was a large man, 6'2". Um, he was a firstborn, kind of treated as the golden child of a family of five. Um, he was very intelligent, very sharp. He worked as a quality control engineer for a computers company back in the 1980s. So he was all about correcting things and making, th- making sure things were done right. Um, he was an incredible multitasker, much to the chagrin of my mother, he could watch a television program, read a book, and have a conversation and track with all three of them at the same time. Um, he also had a very strong will and was very opinionated. One of the stories that I heard about him was when he was a boy, he taught himself cursive handwriting. But his, his teacher saw him writing in cursive and said, David, his name is David, David, you're not allowed to write in cursive yet because we haven't taught you. So he said, okay, and he never wrote in cursive for the rest of his life. He printed everything from then on. My dad was a strong and even potentially intimidating man. He also had another side. Here's another picture of my dad. This is me as a young lad with my dad. Um, My dad was a tender husband. He was a kind and generous father. He made it a a point to leave work on time every day so he could come home, change into his pajamas, and then have his kids on his lap, and he would draw us pictures. He was very funny. He had a very dry sense of humor. He was a storyteller. He was actively involved in my Cub Scouts. Um... And he was there when I needed him. One story in particular, I remember I was struggling as a little boy, a little bit older than this. I was struggling as a boy because I found out that my best friend had somebody else they called best friend. That was absolutely devastating. Am I right? What do you mean? He just said, yeah, my best friend. And I was like, that's supposed to be me. 
I went to my dad one night and I was like, can I talk to you in the bedroom? And so we went in the room, kind of like a lot like this, sat down, and I shared my heart with him. He didn't correct me. He didn't advise me. He didn't teach me. He listened to me. And then after I told him what was going on, he told me about how he struggled with friendships in his life and the friendships he had and the friendships he didn't have. My dad was present, loving, available, and funny. When I think about God, I think about some of these extremes. Maybe some of you were raised with or think of God as this strong, perfect, detailed, even maybe intimidating, a little bit removed person. Others of you might say, no, God's more like that warm, present, caring, tender, playful person. Then some of you might have experienced the extremes. Like maybe you had negative experiences with fathers or men or people in positions of authority, maybe even clergy or churches, where the term father or God is really actually kind of scary, maybe even abusive. Then maybe over on this side over here, it's God's just like the big, easygoing person in the sky, <laughs> more like a genie. More like a heavenly grandparent who's trying to sneak you candy all the time and encouraging you to cross boundaries. No offense to grandparents. I think grandparenting is great, and some of you, you know it's just the wonderful thing. I do think it's providential, though, that God doesn't call us uh, Grand Abba. He calls us Abba. Whatever your experience with uh, fatherhood or God and the connection between those two, we do know from research and experience that our relationship with authority figures growing up has a direct connection to our understanding and reception of who God is. Today, I want to invite you to take one step closer into experiencing God as Abba. Here's the main idea for today. We can experience God as our loving Heavenly Father. Let me share with you two ways that we can do this. And then at the end of our service, we're going to celebrate communion together, which is this beautiful symbolic meal that invites us to experience the togetherness of being children of God. To start us off, let me share with you a part of a a beautiful psalm in the Bible where we see this word Abba appear. It's in the songbook of the Bible. It's called the book of Psalms. And David, who writes this beautiful song, has some wonderful things to say about God. Here's what it says. Psalm 103, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is like a father to his children. How? Tender and compassionate to those who fear him. I want to encourage you tonight, before you go to bed, would you read Psalm 103 all the way through by yourself. It is a lovely, lovely psalm that just can awaken so much. I know I read it and it just was like, wow, this is a very beautiful thing that's been written. David, when he writes, he says a few things about God. He describes God with the word Lord. We're going to actually talk about that next week. What does that mean to think of God as Lord? And he says, the Lord is like a father to his children. Now, 
one important thing to remember is that biblical authors use both male and female imagery when talking about God. We see it throughout the entire Bible. It's not exclusive to one or the other. In fact, even Jesus, when he was describing his desire for people to come close to him, he referred to himself like a mother hen wanting to gather her chicks. When we see this phrase, father to his children, what it's supposed to evoke is all the beautiful, wonderful characteristics of parenthood. Things like compassion and mercy and tenderness. And one more. He says, God, let's go back here. God says he's tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Now that fear, what we're, we're not talking about like our trauma response to an abusive parent. We're not talking about being scared. What the author is trying to say is that God has tremendous authority and power and sovereignty, and God uses that power and authority to love us and protect us. And so there's not a lot of variety of words in the Hebrew language to use. Fear is the one that kind of the author chose to use. And the idea is that God as a father is protective of us. And someone who has the power to protect garners in us a sense of reverence and respect. That term, Abba, contains all those things, and maybe a simple phrase, we just showed it here for a moment, Abba implies that we have loving trust in God. Here's two ways that we can experience God as our Abba, someone that we can lovingly trust. The first way is to celebrate God's parental love for you. When's the last time you experienced parental love, tenderness, affection, compassion, protection. Maybe it was recently with your actual biological parents, those of you that have your parents alive and with you, or maybe they're in another state, maybe you, you felt that or experienced that in some way. My mom, who comes here every week, I talk to her every week, I see her every Sunday, uh, she's regularly communicating uh, and, and, and sharing her parental love with me. Some of you might not be your biological parents, but you might have spiritual parents, people in your life that express tenderness and care and affection and protection for you. But you know, it's not reserved for parents. You, if any time you experience tenderness, affection, compassion, and protection, that can actually be an echo or a reflection of God's parental love for you. I'll give you an example. Um, just uh, a couple weeks ago, I got a text from a friend of mine. I hadn't seen him over the holidays. I hadn't talked to him over the holidays. And uh, he sent me a text, and he said, Hey, Jason, I was just thinking about you. I know December is a really difficult month for you emotionally, and I want to let you know that I love you, and I care about you, and I hope you're well. And it was a beautiful, beautiful text. And when I read that text, I, I realized this isn't just a text from my friend. This is a message from God that I am loved, that I am valuable, that I am 
thought of. But it took a decision on my part to experience something good and beautiful and then give credit to God for that thing. And it takes some intentionality. In fact, that's an action step I have for you. As we start in the new year and we're trying to experience God as our Abba Father, here's what I want to recommend. Create regular rhythms to engage with your Heavenly Father. What would it look like to regularly engage with God as Abba? Relationship experts say that great relationships don't just happen. You have to pursue them. What rhythms do you have in your life right now, or could you start, that will keep you interacting with God? One of them is prayer. And let's just simplify this. Prayer is communicating with God. It's when we talk to God, when we tell God what we're feeling and thinking and what we're desiring. And it's when we just sit and realize that we're in God's presence. Maybe take a deep breath and realize that God is here. And it's also when we listen for how God would want to direct us or advise us. And we can hear things in our hearts and in our minds or or things that we read or advice from other people. And those are ways in which God is Abba for us. Prayer is one of those times, and it can be spontaneous, it can be scripted, it can be formal, it can be informal. Let me show you a scripted one. Uh, This is one that that Jesus recommended, the, the famous Our Father prayer. In fact, what I'd like to do is I'd like to have us read it together. And the version of the Bible that we use here is the New Living Translation. So this might sound a little bit different from maybe how you learned this prayer, or for some of you that have prayed this prayer for years, it might sound a little bit different. Um, but I'd like us to read this prayer together. And when you read it, don't, don't slip into kind of the roteness of our Father in heaven. Hallelujah, you know. Like, let's just kind of read each line and, and kind of dwell in it. And we'll also kind of pace with each other, so we'll read it together. Let's do this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one. Yeah, thanks for that. You know, it's such a great prayer. Good job, Jesus. You know, like, like he, he did a great job with this one because it, it's kind of a full-service prayer, isn't it? Kind of touches all the different things and temptation and provision and, and, and God's power and sovereignty, all this beautiful stuff. But one thing I want to point out to you is how it starts. This is really interesting. It starts with our Father. Notice it doesn't start with my Father. A lot of our prayers are individualistic. Jesus' recommended prayer is our, our Abba. When Jesus recommends that we pray, he's reminding us that when we pray individually, we're actually part of a family. Now, that might bump up against some of our American individualism, but that's okay. Jesus wasn't an American individual. Uh, Jesus came from a much more communal culture. I think what Jesus is saying is when I pray, 
I can't leave you all out. I can't have an individual relationship with God without also being mindful of my relationship with all of you, which also makes things like prayer or singing a great reminder. When we sing, we kind of got to sing with each other. We're not doing a bunch of solo parts here. When we're praying, we're praying with each other. That's that communal experience of God as Abba. What are some rhythms that you can, uh, again, what are some rhythms here as we start the new year? We can put that, yeah, regular rhythms that you can work in. Maybe it's, maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's reading the Bible with someone else. Maybe it's meeting with someone else on a regular basis. Coming to church is a good rhythm to keep going. Don't let that wear out when your gym subscriptions wear out, you know, like mid-February. Like, let's just kind of keep, let's keep with it, you know? It's, it's a, let's create a sustainable rhythm because that's part of how we can experience God as our, our loving Heavenly Father. Now, experiencing God as Abba, this can be a beautiful thing, a wonderful thing. But not all of our experiences with God as Abba are comforting and consoling and reassuring. In fact, there are times where we feel Abba absence, where we want to connect with God, and it's just not working. Let me share with you another passage of Scripture. Uh, it's from the Old Testament. It's from the prophet Isaiah, and he's writing uh, in the context of him and his friends and his people going through a really tough time, and he says this to God. Where is the passion and the might you used to show? On our behalf, he says to God, where are your mercy and compassion now? Surely you're still our father. Even if Abraham and Jacob would disown us, Lord, you would still be our father. You are our redeemer from ages past. What's he doing? He's saying, he's praying and he's saying, God, where are you? If you're our father, even if other people abandon us, you say you're our father and I believe you're our father, but I'm not seeing you. And you've said you're compassionate and merciful. Where's that compassion and mercy now? I think when we're going through a difficult time, when we're really hurting, we can experience God as our Abba Father by moving toward God in those painful circumstances. Here's one other way we can experience God. Allow your hurts to move you toward God's compassion. You know, when I first became a follower of Jesus, first three years or so, my spiritual life was like in the honeymoon phase. Everything was good. Everything was yes and amen. Wake up in the morning, I'm like, I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. I, oh, it's so great. It's sweet. Even when I hit difficult spots, I'm suffering, but you know what? Jesus is with me. Everything's great. Reading the Bible, I'm like, ooh, this is amazing. Oh, I'm learning new things and everything like that. But I hit a wall about three years in. My son uh, was, was dealing with uh, some some significant problems health-wise. And he had uh, something going on with him that the doctor was helping us treat. 
But I remember one night he was in his room and he was crying and he was in pain and he was unconsolable. And I, I, I got overwhelmed. I had enough. And I went out into the other room and I said, God, you're a father. How can you let him suffer like this? Father to father, do something. You know better. Now, that was, that was a prayer, again, right? That was a prayer. I mean, I was talking to God, right? I mean, I was finger-pointing at everything. There was no miraculous intervention. He got better over time. He doesn't, my son doesn't even remember any of this. I remember it. But I remember having that moment where I was going to God. I had a choice in that moment. I was hurting Someone else was hurting, and I had a choice. Am I going to allow that hurt to move me away from God? Or am I going to allow that hurt to move me toward God, even if the prayer was messy and nasty and doubting and questioning and had all that emotion? Is there a freedom, is there a trust that we can go to our Abba and be honest? Can God handle that kind of visceral honesty, I say yes. And what it did is it moved me from a place of, God, where are you? To God, I trust you. And that's what our Abba wants to do. He wants to take us on that journey. Let's look at how Jesus did this. Jesus, um, after he was betrayed by his friends arrested, put through a mock trial, beaten, and then was in the midst of Roman execution, he prays this prayer. In his native language, he says, Eli, Eli, yama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see Jesus using the shortened version of Elohim that we talked about last week. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now he's quoting Psalm 22 from the Old Testament, which is a psalm that starts with, my God, where are your promises now? Where's your compassion now? Where's your mercy? I'm not seeing it. And Psalm 22 ends at a place of confidence and trust. And that's where Jesus gets to. At the end, his last words before he dies are, Abba, I entrust my spirit into your hands. Sometimes we're going to experience the joy and blessing and celebration of the parental love of God, and sometimes we're going to hit a wall, and there's a barrier, and God wants us to get through that barrier. So here's an action step I have for you. Can you reduce one barrier that hinders a more intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father, with your Abba? What barrier is it? Maybe you're just not being as intentional in your relationship with God. Maybe it's, you know, God's there, and you're like, well, if something happens, it happens. You know, if I have connection with God or closeness with God, God will initiate and I'll respond. But maybe there's some intentionality. Maybe it means talking to God more, spending more time aware of God's presence in your life, reading a little bit more about God, spending time with other people that can help you think about God. Maybe the barrier is you've never felt 
the freedom to express yourself honestly to God. Maybe God's that distant God that you're like, well, I shouldn't say these. I shouldn't talk like this. I shouldn't be this honest. Maybe there's some words that you've never actually even said out loud to God. God's very aware of what's happening in your life. What if you started saying those things? Maybe you have that view of God as being so permissive that when it comes to a relationship with God, all your prayers and all your communication is always positive. I trust you, God. You're good. You've been good to me. But actually inside, what you're really feeling, the stuff you talk honestly with about that friend or the stuff you honestly say to your therapist, you've never said to God. What would it be like to push through that barrier? Maybe you don't know what to say. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm just feeling all this stuff and I don't know what to do. There's a great uh, part of the New Testament. Somebody wrote a, a letter in the New Testament called Romans. And in that book of the New Testament, it says, sometimes we don't know what to pray. And when we don't know what to pray, God's spirit in us invites us to just cry out, Abba, Father. Maybe the barrier is you've had bad experiences with dads, fathers, or moms. You've had negative experiences with parental figures and authority figures. Maybe father is a trigger word. What if you started using the word Abba this year instead of father, and you allow God to to slowly begin reparenting you? What would that be like? God's inviting us to experience him, and and he's given us this name, Abba. And Abba is this invitation to loving trust. We can experience God as our loving Heavenly Father, celebrating God's parental love for us, creating opportunities for us to be aware of it. Ah, you're loving me right now. God, I'm experiencing your love. Oh, you're providing for me. Oh, I feel loved by you. I know that love. And also allowing your hurts to move you toward God's compassion. There's some of you right now, you are hurting and you have a choice. Are you going to move away or are you going to move toward? And what would it look like? What barrier would you need to lower so you can move toward God in your hurts? Because God loves you. We're going to end our service. I'm going to pray. I'm going to hand it over to Alex over at our Torrance campus. And, um, and we're going to celebrate communion together. And, but here's one last verse I want to share with you because I think this gets at the heart for me. I just read it the other day. It really gets at the heart of this idea of Abba, Father. Here's what it says. All who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. What the author is saying here is that every human being, all of us, when we're born in the world, we are beautiful creations of God. But God's inviting us to take the step from being a creation of God to being a child of God. And the dominant metaphor in the Bible when it relates to God as our Father is an adoption metaphor. No one is born into the world as a child of God. God adopts his children. And so what that means is God is saying, if you're not in an intimate relationship with me, I want to adopt you. Would you say yes? Now, some of you said yes years ago. You're raised in church or you 
became a Christian at, at a camp or you made a decision. Some of you just made decisions last week or a couple of weeks ago to say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be a child of God. But for some of you, it might be today. Let's say yes to not just having God as our Abba, Father, but living in beautiful relationship with our Abba and pushing through whatever barriers might be getting in the way of that. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much. Your love for us is, God, it's so much bigger than we can comprehend. We have a little picture of it. You've given us a little picture of it with the parents in our life, the spiritual parents in our life, loving people in our life. But, God, we've also had some wounds. We all have negative examples. We've had examples of people that have hurt us, some disappointments. Would you allow those disappointments to move us closer to you? Would you let them be invitations for us to experience you in a new way as Abba Father? And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.